Chapter 14 of Mabel Ross, The Sewing Girl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 14 The House Agent. The next morning, having taken home her vests, Mabel sought the proprietor of the house in which she proposed taking a room. He was a house agent by the name of Brumbley, doing business in a little box of an office on Dash Street. He was in his office when Mabel entered it, and received her with the disagreeable gruffness of manner of which his appearance gave promise. So discouraged indeed was poor Mabel by the address of this man, that, had there been time and opportunity to find a room other than the one she had come about, she would have been tempted to retire from his office almost upon the moment of entering it. In return to the question put to him by Mabel concerning the terms per month of the room, he inquired what business she followed. Mabel replied that she sewed for a living. "'Just the sort of tenant I don't want,' he growled, giving her an ugly look from under his shaggy brows. "'Sewing women are the most troublesome sort of folks to deal with. They're always poor as rats and whining like whipped curs. They get behindhand with their rent and expect house owners to have hearts soft as mush, and heads a good deal softer. I, for one, haven't a head or heart of that sort, and I give no quarter, right or left. I have always been able to pay my rent punctually, said Mabel, and hope to do so still. Humph! That may be, but I'll be bound— some confounded thing will turn up after you get into my house to give me trouble. How many in family? Myself and two sisters, one grown, the other a sick child. That's small enough for a family, but I see trouble through the sick child. A sick child or sick mother or grandmother's forever being thrown in one's face as excuse for backward rent. I have no consideration for these things, and will as leaf turn into the street a sick child, mother, or grandmother, as a young woman in good health. I hope to have no trouble, sir, Mabel rejoined. And yet, thanks be to God, I never have had. The man gave her a sharp and lengthened look. It was evident that the expression of goodness on the countenance of Mabel was not without its effect even upon this crabbed piece of humanity, for he followed up the look by stating the price of the room. Seven dollars a month, did you say? repeated Mabel. I thought it might be less than that. It's neither more nor less, replied the man, with an aggravation of his gruffness. I suppose you thought to get it at a dead bargain, because those people who are leaving it got it at a dirt-cheap price. But I'm going to have no more of such work as that. The person who owns that house is one that looks sharp to every dime, and ain't going to let folks live on her property on terms that might be called rent-free at a time when every hole in Chicago brings its price. Let that room slip through your fingers, and unless you have more time to throw away than sewing girls generally have, you'll be apt to find yourself with no room at all. Mabel saw there was only too much truth in these words, and for a time stood irresolute. 
The rent was higher than she thought safe to take upon herself, and she had come in strong hope of getting the room on terms better suited to her. Prudence suggested that the wiser course would be to make an attempt to find a place better suited to her means, even if the effort necessitated some loss of time, and she acquainted Mr. Brumbley with her resolve. Ninety-nine to a hundred, but you find that room rented by the time you come back. For back you will come, was the reply. Rooms of that sort don't wait in these times for people to make up their minds. Mabel commenced her search, confining herself to such neighborhoods as Hilda had not already looked through. No success, however, attended her efforts, and in some anxiety she returned, after the lapse of several hours, to close with the offer made her by Mr. Brumbley, were it still open to her. "'You're just in time,' he said. "'A man's gone round to look at that room this minute. Well, so you take it.' Rent to be paid in advance, to be brought here to me punctually, to the day. If it don't come to me, I come after it. And remember, there's no use to throw the sick child in my face. I've gone through those dodges. They're played out. When do you move in? On Tuesday morning. Pay the seven dollars now. Mabel had not the money with her and told him so, saying she would return with it in the afternoon. If you don't, you'll lose the room, was the rejoinder. Maybe you'll lose it anyhow. Mabel feared this so much that she hurried home for the money and returned with it without loss of a minute. The man took the seven dollars in silence and gave a receipt for it. Mind you be punctual to the day, he then said scowling on her in a threatening way. Some may be imposed on, but I can't be. If you know what you're about, you won't try it. And one thing more, the first thing and the last thing. Don't throw the sick child at me, mind you. Don't throw the sick child at me. End of chapter 14